Welcome back to another episode of Whatever I Want with Logan Lewis. I'm your host, of course, Logan Lewis. Um, happy Halloween is when this is being recorded. Happy Halloween to everybody who celebrates Halloween. Hopefully you're doing uh, Halloween safely this year. You know, the holiday that encourages mask wearing. So uh, that, there you go. That That's a, that's a plus, kiddos. Uh, hopefully trick-or-treating doesn't get canceled everywhere. But uh, be safe, peeps. Um, yeah, so we got a great guest today, but before I go into that, remember, make sure you're followed along on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify, is that, if that is where you listen, also available on Amazon and Google as well. Uh, make sure if you want to follow along for when ep- episodes get posted, uh, you're subscribed uh, to all those platforms, but then also uh, as well on Instagram at whatever Logan wants. Uh that's where you'll get to see posts and updates and all that fun stuff to what's going on. Um, so yeah, my, uh, my guest today guys, uh, is an artist. The first artist I've gotten on here. Uh, he illustrates anything from WWE stars to comic book characters, to pop culture icons and many, many more. Everyone, please welcome my guest today. Pedro. Hello. Hello. Logan, how are you, man? Yeah, really good, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I must say, yeah, this, is, this is a first for me, first ever podcast. Wow. So very excited. Very wow, that's excited. big. I'm, I'm honored. Um, <laughs> so, first of all, what, what time is it there? So, here in the UK, it is three o'clock in the afternoon. Wow. So, yeah. The this sun's is... just come out as well, so we've been we've been having absolutely terrible weather this October. So it's just come out perfect. Wow! For, yeah, it's, it's it's lovely at the moment. Wow! This is the first time I have ever uh, met um, with someone from the UK before. Right, that's amazing. Oh, yes, but the the pressure is on. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm representing here. <laughs> you are representing the entire UK right now. Yes. Here we go. Let's do it. <laughs> well cool man so um tell the people uh what you do from your perspective what's uh just give give the background how did i find you all that stuff okay um well i am a professional illustrator i guess i've always been drawing you know throughout my life but really took it seriously um from university onwards um so i've been selling my work normally the way i'd go about things i would um create work and I would post it, you know, trying to garner a following, but in the process of that, figuring out who I am, what my voice is. Um, And to kind of just like navigating my way through, I guess, really niching down what is the area in which I want to specialize in. And I'm I'm in a point now in my life, I haven't always been here, where I am just really honing in on just doing things that I love because I've found that so many people enjoy the same things as us. It's, it's, it's highly unlikely that we are such a rare personality that you're the only person in the world that will enjoy something, you know, like a show or a movie or something like that. So my, I guess my approach now, I'm just enjoying creating work kind of for me, but with the knowledge that hope and hoping that other people will enjoy it as well. So yeah, illustrator um, specializing in, like you said, pop culture, um, every now and again dabbling in uh, things that branch out 
from from there as well. So at the moment, I'm working on a political illustration um, for the US election. Um, so I guess anything in the media. Um, but yeah, just just trying to to create work that makes you feel something. So whether it's a nostalgia or it makes you laugh or puts a smile on your face. So that's that's me. Wow. Did you did you go to university with the intention of like studying art and illustrations or what were you always from a kid? Like, was it like kind of a thing that your parents noticed yeah. that you were always drawing or in, illustrating? Yeah. How did you just pretty much know? Yeah, I feel quite lucky because um, ever since I think I must have been roughly like five years old, um, I figured out I can do I'm, I'm, I'm good at this. Um, I think back then it was just, you know, pe drawing a toy from a, a cereal back then. Um, so I, it's it's always been quite one dimensional in, in a good sense. It, I've always had this. This has always been my thing. You know, I'm good at drawing. Um, so I always did that through school. Um, I studied it um, at school and then going to university, there was there was never any doubt. It was just um, what specific area of art and design uh, would be best for me because it's so broad. Um, and, you know, it's, when you're at that age, I think like 18 or just like just before 18, it's very, it's a, it's a difficult decision to, to make, you know, you're going to study for three years, potentially set you up for a, a, a potential career. Um, and it was my, it was my art teacher. She said that you, the type of work you do, especially back then, um, was very, you know, like, biro outlines I, I i would draw you know like spider-man um, dragon ball z characters all the sort of stuff that i think any any kid at that age would sure. um, and said illustration is is probably the thing for you so from that point i uh, went to you know open days and stuff like that at universities and the great thing about those is uh for each specific course um they would showcase the student's work so that really is is a great indicator um, for if you if it's right for you because if you if you're seeing something and you're like oh my god that that's the sort of thing I want to do whether it's like you know you see a, a, an illustration for uh, a game uh, cover or something like that or is, or an album artwork and and that's the sort of thing you you are interested in anyway it kind of confirms this is this is right for me yeah um, so yeah decided to study illustration but it was. I always had the intention of that defining my life. That was always what I did. Um, in terms of an actual plan after that, it was never clear cut because you, you're kind of figuring things out as you go along. But in terms of an education route, it was always, that was always the one for me. Cool. When you, I know, you know, there's so many different kinds of art out there. You know, some people take their, their art, um, artistic abilities and they go into like architecture and stuff like that were were there any people along the way that were like hey you're really good at drawing like like I, kn I know from following you on Instagram um, that you mainly do like people or characters mm -hmm. like yeah. are you also good at like like drawing like yeah, I don't know like, like buildings or cars yeah. or or is people like your specialty it's, there yeah people 100% and it's it's a combination of a couple of things so you could you one one side of the argument could be i'm just naturally talented at drawing people but i don't really think that's the case um i think that's just an interest for me and so naturally i've 
only ever drawn uh, the things that I find interesting. And for, especially growing up, it was always characters. Um, so a lot of them fictional, you know, from cartoons and stuff like that. And then eventually it branched into drawing real life people. But it was all, I was always obsessed with drawing faces, people, you know, expressions. Um, and so I've never ever really invested the time, apart from school, where, you know, you're told to do, right, today's lesson, we're going to draw buildings with perspective and stuff like that. But I absolutely would never feel comfortable <laughs> doing something to the same standard because I haven't put in the hours of work to to be really uh, any good or it's not even good, but, you know, you, you could, you could give anybody, you know, you can, like you said, mentioned maybe an architect or someone that specializes in, in building illustration. That's what they do. That's their bread and butter. Um, and so they will do that amazing. And even if it's in a stylistic way, they'll have their way of going about it, but then you throw in something different, something that they're not used to, you, whilst you might competently illustrate something um, that's outside of your comfort zone, it's it's a different skill altogether to then be able to then do that with your, I would say your mark, your style. That's why I have so much respect for um, illustrators, illustrators for, you know, like when you look at children's books and stuff like that, where you're not just drawing one particular thing. It's, it's broad ranging, you know, you're drawing scenes. And for me, that's that's and it's a different kind of level of accomplishment because you're you're setting out uh, your vision in your style, and that's that's comprehensive. So that's not just a person, that's not just a cat. It's a, it's everything. You're creating an illustrated world, and I I find that amazing. And and for years, I would I was kind of like chasing that in some way um, without it a hundred really interesting me, but I felt that that was always the way to go yeah you kind of have to be good at everything but sometimes you get a bit lost in 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 searching for something that you're not really sure what it is that is at the end of it um mm. and i think it's quite difficult to kind of keep uh almost single-minded in in that aspect um so like i said you're you're kind of catching me at a time where it's been the past two and a bit years where I'm really just focusing on the things I'm enjoying and I'm, I'm finding greater success with it, greater enjoyment out of it. Um, and yeah, that's, so that's something I, I just love to do. Just always drawing people, drawing faces, portraits, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so you obviously have a love for the comic book world. Yes. Uh, if if you had to identify with one man, you got to tell me: Are you Marvel or DC? Oh, it's it's Marvel. It's not even a question. And I'm not I'm not going to, you know, put anyone down for for loving the other other side of things. But I, for me, my it was well, I I got into comics through Spider Man when the first Spider Man film came out in 2002. Mm -hmm. It just that really just changed everything for me. Um, and so I started buying comics. Um, over here in the UK, we have um, mon monthly uh, like printings of reissue comics. So they're not really worth anything, but they're, they're, it's like a collection of like two or three issues in one, and it will come out monthly. And so I would collect that every month, obsessed, just like, you know, just enjoying the artwork, loving the story, um, 
and having seen something in cinema as well, it's like everything kept harking back to that. There was like a sense of reality there. Um, so yeah, Ooh, I've just been obsessed with Spider-Man literally ever since 2002. And you, you branch out and you have a, an appreciation for other characters. And you look recently, I've done Batman and, and Joker and, and those are two characters that I do love. But yeah, if I had to pick one, it's, for me, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Marvel. What about you? Oh man, I I think that Marvel, um, I think Marvel has to take the cake, but with the, but with the, of course, the example you give of Batman and Joker, like those two characters, I find in incredibly fascinating too. Yeah. I'm curious, you're you're a big Spider-Man nut. Um, what are your thoughts on the three Spider-Men? Who are your favorite? Oh my days! Uh, you know, I I I it happens maybe like once every other day. For no reason, I don't know why I'm putting. I put this pressure on myself. I'm like, you have to, you have to decide what is your favorite Spider-Man film, because I I love so so many of them for different reasons, and they were all released at different parts of my life. That you just have great memories looking back at them. So yeah. whilst the film itself is sometimes difficult to just take in isolation because so much is attached to it, for me, and and I've been. I've been deliberating over this more seriously recently with the rumors of um, the potential Spider-Verse. I think it's got to be, I think it's, God, favorite Spider-Man, I think it's got to be Tobey Maguire. Just because of, that wasn't, you know, my first, that sure. it, this, this, he's, his, his depiction of Spider-Man is literally my childhood. There's so much attached to it. But having said that, um, Tom Holland, See, my face lit up when the first time seeing him as Spider-Man in the cinema, it's, it literally made, made me feel like a child again. And it, it's just, what's, what I find quite brilliant as well is that each three of them are so different. Yes. And, that's, and that's why everyone's getting so excited for these. I, don't, I, can't, I, still, I still can't believe it's going to be true, but it would be so crazy if we were to get a, a live action Spider-Verse. It would be ridiculous. I I've been covering I've been covering it on my entertainment podcast for like yeah. the last like two months. It feels like it, it seems like every week we get a different rumor <laughs> or a different leak. It's like a little that, snippet each time, just feeding us. Yes, it, a little snippet that says like, "Oh, maybe uh, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire got casted," and it's like, "Please, oh, please imagine. imagine the scenes. Imagine the scenes. The thing is, it would be amazing, right?" But just because of the age in which we live in now, there is absolutely no chance something like that would slip in and no one know. So but imagine you go to the cinema and you're watching the third Spider-Man film. And then without you even knowing, you've got Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in there. Everyone would, everyone would go crazy. It would be incredible. And to be fair, if it was to happen, it would, it would just be magic. Just, yeah, think it, of, just think about it. It would be incredible. It, it's like it's very similar. I, I would compare seeing Toby and Andrew and Tom all standing side by side in their respective Spider-Man costumes to like the level of excitement, like in Endgame oh. when Doctor Strange opened all the portals. And I've got, I've got goosebumps. You just telling me, you just saying that I've got goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, there, there was incredible footage, and it went viral. And someone um, filmed it in the cinema. Yes, um, the crowd is just that moment. Right. Oh, it's so good because whilst that same reaction might not have been so strong in how however you saw it it's exactly how everyone felt 
Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's so good. Those films are amazing. Do you have a favorite, besides Spider-Man, do you have a favorite Marvel movie or Mm. DC movie, like, on each side of the, on the fence? Um, I loved The Dark Knight, 2008, with Heath Ledger. Just, I love villains. I love villains. Same here, man. I've always Um, had a fascination with villains. Yeah, and just that performance, and obviously... It's been it's been said a million times over, but it's just captivating. And I'm not even there to see Batman. I'm there to see Joker. And yeah. it's 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 the relationship. It's it's symbiotic, isn't it? it? One can't exist without the other. And you you you're seeing how far someone can push to their limits, but you yeah. in some aspect you still need them to be who you are. And so I love The Dark Knight just because it doesn't even feel like a comic book film in a, in yeah. a really good way. Um, and there's nothing wrong with you look at man I, I love almost every single one of the MCU films just because they're so enjoyable and they're so unashamedly um, there to please the fans and I love that because we've, we've not really had that on that scale before and it feels like they've whatever formula they've stumbled upon they just go all in with each film just like more laughs more action more amazing scenes like you look at in Endgame there's so many iconic moments, but people people went crazy when Captain America wields Thor's hammer, oh, as well as the shield. It's just like this is crazy. Like this is lit- it reminds me so much of those comic books I, I told you about earlier um, that I used to collect. On special issues, there might be um, a wraparound cover, so you'd, you'd hold out the book, um, like you know, so it's completely open, and you'd see the back and front cover would make one image. And those films, especially Infinity War and Endgame, when you're seeing all these amazing, huge, iconic characters together, it is literally the sort of thing that you you looked at just in artwork. You'd never dream that it would be done in film, let alone done so well. Um, so yeah, it's amazing. And then it goes back to, you get that sense, even a tiny little slither of it, when um, producing work that exists within those realms where it's, it's fandom. It's um, it's making people feel nostalgic or uh, hitting a particular point where of their interest, and I love that. And I'm I'm so keen. I feel like I'm only at the very beginning of you know really finding niches and uh, you know like I, I've I've done I've done so far I've done some series of things I'm really familiar with, uh, but as as I'm as I'm producing other work now. It might be series that I'm I'm interested in, but not completely, you know, down the rabbit hole with. So it's so interesting reaching out to fans and asking, like, who do you want to see? What iteration of this do you want to see? And things that you would never normally find. And people's passion goes so deep, and it's, it's such an amazing thing because I don't think one brain can contain all of this. Everyone kind of has their real, real, real passions, the things that they they go deep on. Um, so it's just so amazing, and and the I feel especially the age we're in now with, you know, almost globally lockdown and all this, uh, it's almost encouraged uh, more connectivity in some aspects. I've, I've noticed anyway in the, in the past few months, people more willing to, to connect in a, in a positive the things that they love as well. Yeah. I feel you, man. Um, Damn, I just completely blanked. Oh, I was going to ask, uh, out of all of the, uh, I, I saw your recent piece that you put out 
um, the one of the colored Spider-Man in the middle of the web and all of the villains uh, and foes yeah. surrounding him, which is awesome. I, I think I might have to snag me that one. <laughs> um, what uh, what Spider-Man villain pictured there would you say is your favorite? Ooh. See, off the top of my head, it would probably be the Green Goblin. Mm -hmm. For me, the Green Goblin is like Spider-Man's Joker. You know, yeah. it, especially anywhere in the comics, uh, it was very psychological. Um, it was more than just, we're going to have a fight. Yeah. Uh, he's not just going to rob a bank. There's always something a bit deeper to it. And I, I, I love that. And especially just uh, the way he looks and, and the way it, he's changed as well over the years. So you have more, you know, mechanical looking um, suits, ones that don't even really make sense that it literally looks like a green man. Yeah. Um, and I quite love that. I, I love um, the old school, like real like 60s depictions of all these characters because it's because they were working with such uh, limited tools you know they didn't have uh, digital editing and stuff like that so color like really burst off the page and seeing just the green goblin with this like psychotic look in his eyes that and that huge grin green the purple yeah it's probably got to be the green goblin for me what about you yeah man i've always had this draw towards two two of the characters pictured i i've i've always loved doc ock Yes. Um, ever since the Spider-Man 2 movie. I think Spider-Man mm. 2 is considered one of the better superhero movies ever made yeah. as well. Mm -hmm. um, I, the actor's name is escaping me, but the way he plays Doc Ock is is incredible. Alfred so, Alfred Molina. That's it. Yeah. Um, he's he's absolutely incredible as Doc Ock. And yeah. Perfect. Gosh, just, I after seeing that movie as a kid, I just I always like dreamt what it would be like to have like the the four extra arms. To... So cool, and the way that they, they did that in the in the film because it's one thing taking something from the comic, and even if you're going to CGI it, it's it's about figuring out how would that actually mechanically work. Um, and it was just so cool, and it, it it almost makes no sense. And I'm pretty sure that some things were exaggerated um, directionally as well in the film. But there's some scenes where they're so long. Obviously, they can retract and extend. And it's just so crazy and so iconic. And especially, I love in comics where he's got the big goggles. And they, they kind of pay homage to that a bit in, in that film. Just mm -hmm. love it. I love I it love, so much. I love the bank robbing scene where he's yes. got the trench. Like, like you say, where it makes no sense, where he's got the trench coat on. And then he just rips it off. And then the arms come out. It's like, how did you hide those under there? So good. How did so you good. walk in through that? And then, you know, the, the line where Spider-Man, you know, Webb grabs the the, the bucket yes. of money and here's your change and throws it back at him. It's like, that is peak Spider-Man right there. Peak like, Spider-Man. And that's the that thing. Is, like, that's why, for me, those, especially those first, those two films, it captures a particular, like a tone that I always loved about Spider-Man. And obviously there's, it's not just one version. You look at through the years, since 66, we've had, a million and one different ways of depicting Spider-Man, the way he talks, the way he moves, all that sort of stuff. But that it's like a it's not too cheeky, you know, it, it's there's not too much sass there. It's just the perfect balance. I felt like in um, the Andrew Garfield films, it almost felt a bit forced. And I, I'm there, I'm, I'm wanting to enjoy it. And I in a, in a, in a way I am still, but it, it doesn't quite fit so naturally to my own personal view of how spider-man should be 
but you can't help but love those films. What did, what did you think about um, in the Spider-Verse animated film with um, the their depiction of Doc Ock? I thought it was so cool. I thought it was very cool. Um, I didn't see it coming, which is what made yeah. it even better. Like, mm -hmm. again, like Doc Ock, one of my favorite villains ever. So, like, when she kind of, like, turned into Doc Ock, I was like, oh, my God, this is cool. Like, And seeing um, how they went about, obviously, it's animated, um, that they moved away from having mechanical arms. And it was almost a, a much more fluid, um, they almost looked like rubber or something. But it just worked so well. I was like, that's so cool. Yeah, it was it was really neat. And the other villain that I really really enjoyed was um, Mysterio. Yeah. Ever since I was a kid, I mean, he was never featured in any of the movies up until <laughs> Far From Home. Mm -hmm. And um, like in the video games I used to play as a kid, I'd be like, Mysterio is so cool. Like, why yeah. don't they ever put him in a movie? That'd be so cool. And they That's did, it. and they did it in their own like modern way. Yeah. And it it almost just like it almost just really works like it, in, yeah i feel like we're at a point now where they're they're not scared to include characters like that where i think before especially the way he looks with the fishbowl and everything like that yeah i think they would always struggle to find a way of making it serious um but th they did it seamlessly you never once for once questioned oh this looks a bit weird it just it feels so right and that the whole um, like almost like virtual reality tech and all that it's, it's perfect it's so cool and jake gillinghall was just amazing as well yes he was i'll last spider-man question then we can move on <laughs> i have to get your thoughts you're a big spider-man guy like myself what are your thoughts on spider-man 3 the but, toby uh, mcguire oh man it's you so be, you can be up front with me it's okay i'll be as honest <laughs> as i can too okay so I'm going to caveat, caveat this with, I saw it obviously when it came out 2007, I think it was. Yeah. Um, so I'm still a child. And so I loved it as a kid. Yes. And there's some, it's, I feel like I want to just compartmentalize certain bits of the film because there's some bits I love so much. Yes, absolutely. And it's, it's very difficult for me because I, to just lump it all in together. Because in my head, I'm like, Oh, it wasn't that great. But then I'm watching it, and you're listening to the soundtrack as well. And you're like, "This is amazing." But then there's, there's a some lot bits of fun that, to watch. There's some bits that just don't sit right with me. The biggest problem I had, even when I was a kid watching it, was that Venom was just too small. Venom is this, especially when you're reading the comics, this huge, chunky guy, and it's a huge character, massive character. And they built the film around the symbiote, which was amazing. I thought the the way that they did the black suit, I thought was brilliant. Just it was really um, subtle, and I, it just worked perfectly for me. It looked beautiful, and even though the way the symbiote moves, everything about that perfect. But then it's almost like they were trying too hard to dabble with so many characters in this. And if I feel like every Spider-Man film so far has been guilty of this, it's like every film is gearing towards what is this almost inevitable, but never seems to happen since the sixth film. And so they're trying to make it happen, whether it's throwing in references or whacking in a couple of extra villains just so that we're aware of them in this in the background. And it just felt like Spider-Man 3 got too cramped because for me, the Sandman was amazing. I thought it was yes, perfect. I agree. But it's a shame what with Harry Osborne and the Hobgoblin, it just wasn't, I don't think it was done very well. And I thought that was a shame. 
And then Venom, you know, you're throwing him in literally at the, at the very last minute. Uh, for me, that, that those are the sticking points. But there's so many things that I love about it still. I think, just, I think that, that uh, I can agree. I wish they would have done better with the Harry scene. I do like the battle that, you know, Peter's riding his bike and Harry yeah. comes and picks him up. I like that whole airborne fight. Mm -hmm. But the way that they handled Harry being the goblin uh, was 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 iffy and just the whole like he loses his memory conveniently <laughs> um like that was iffy but i agree the sandman stuff incredible um i i i enjoyed the fight that peter had like unsuited when mm -hmm. he went to harry's place and they fought like yep. as quote unquote like humans instead mm -hmm. of their superhero counterparts yeah. i thought that was good but like again like with peter threw that pumpkin bomb at at harry yeah dude probably should have died right like it, yeah. it then he just turned into two-face like <laughs> like why is two-face in a spider-man movie right now that's the thing there's just it's, it's such a shame because there's just so many of these little things that i think stick in people's memory um and it just leaves a bit of a bad taste so it's 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 crazy because like i said i can sit down i can enjoy it but then if I'm just thinking about the film, comparing them all, that would sit so far down when there, when there is so much of it that would sit so high up on a list, but yes. as an overall. And I think because there's a, there's a still a sense of a lack of closure, there was supposed to be the fourth film. Yeah. It never happened. So as silly as this sounds, I'm, I'm as a fan personally invested in, you know, Peter Parker and Spider-Man and Mary Jane and how it was left it's just like you you want it to be finished um and maybe you'd be able to tolerate that third film more if there was a fourth film that kind of wraps it all up completely yeah. Yeah. but who, who knows i mean you know we might get one more film with Tobey Maguire in there who knows oh, can, can you imagine him walking through like a portal or something with oh. like a beard and like oh. andrew garfield's there too just like it'll be so good oh gosh oh. Make it happen. So I, I back to your back yeah. to your actual art, your 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 actual work. Do you have like have you gotten to the place now? Like you have a pretty large Instagram following. You've gotten a lot of people to look at your stuff. Do you do you have a regular nine to five per se? Or have you gotten to the point where people are hitting you up saying, Hey, can you make me this or can you do this? Or can you we're doing a cover story for that? Can you design that? Like I saw in your bio, like some of your clients, like Complex is one of them yeah. that you work with. Mm -hmm. um, have you gotten to the place where you can support yourself just on art or do you have a regular support the family, put bread on the yeah. table job? So I've, I've always worked and continue to work uh, full time as a designer for a uh, children's book publishers. Um, so I've always done that. I mean, I'm at a weird place at the moment where you, you, you always um, had aspirations of of particular milestones, and one of them is might be cliches like you know quit your job, you know you 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 quit and you do the thing that you love to do in your own time. Um, and for me, that was I never really knew what that would look like. Um, so, but I'm currently like as of this moment uh, negotiating with my um, own work just to reduce the amount of days I work um, 
full time just because at the at the moment it's reached a point now where I'm kind of at capacity and not in the sense, not in the way that I thought I would be. Um, as you mentioned, I've I've worked with um, a variety of clients and I always looked at myself and I don't know if it's an end goal, but you know a means of being successful was you know build up your your um, clientele and so you're you're continuously working on loads of freelance work and that's just how I always thought it would go. Um, selling my own work was I never really expected much from, but that was always something that I just had going in the background. But what what the reality is is uh, my own business when it comes to selling prints of, of my own posters has far, far outgrown um, anything that I've done client-wise. Um, that's not to say, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely not doing that sort of thing anymore, but you're being very picky with what you do take on because there is now a standardized running of the business, you know, processing orders on, on a weekly basis. And especially as this time of year now, it's getting very busy. Um, so my time is split so much anyway, and especially with a, a a young baby that we have now, that it's really important to me to not let let anything slip. Um, I want to be the best that I possibly can be, and it's it's difficult to to um, separate yourself so much. So naturally, uh, you need to make efficiencies elsewhere to to prioritize, you know, family time and and the things that are really important. Um, but for me, my my business is is has always been something that I've been really passionate about, but never thought it would be at the point where it is now. Where it's I I, I feel like it's it's grown um, so much, um, which has been amazing. But it's definitely not there. I don't feel like I'm you know at this kind of end goal place. Um, it's very much a process, but it's very, it's an exciting time now because I'm realistically thinking about and trying to make it work how uh, we can reduce those you know nine to five hours, reduce those days to to facilitate and to invest more time because at, at the end of the day you get to a point where you're almost at saturation. You can you're doing as much as you physically can, um, but if demand continues to grow, um, you. It's not. It's not sustainable how it currently is. It it could stay at a particular level, and you can stay like that for years. Um, but you're. It's a shame to waste an opportunity when uh, you you find work that is doing well that people want to buy at the end of the day. And it's just a case of okay, how can I get this more of this to more people because people want it. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I'm at at the moment. Very good. Very neat. Um... Congrats on the, the the young baby, by the way. Thank you. How old? <laughs> uh, he is just past four months. Wow. So, yeah, he's he's really fresh. Um, wow. But he's amazing. A little lockdown baby. Little lockdown baby. I was just gonna ask. I just saw your post just now as we were recording. Did you guys get ordered uh, under another lockdown? So where it's basically, <sighs> for those of you that don't know, the the UK government is a shambles. Um, so, <laughs> um. It wasn't supposed to be announced today, but it was leaked to the press that um, and announced basically from next week, it looks all set. And obviously nothing official has yet to be announced. So there's going to be an announcement today, um, but it looks all set that we're going to have a, another 
second national lockdown. Um, because up until now we've had regional lockdowns. So, you know, cities and, and um, towns and stuff like that have on a case by case basis, but it's gone to the point now where it's, it's not working. So they're almost having to reset so many weeks later than they were really told to. So it's really frustrating because you can, I think a lot of people, obviously naturally, like so many things, people are split anyway. Um, but yeah, it, I think a lot of people would happily take a, a short, sharp lockdown. I think initially they were they were talking about two weeks. Do so you take two weeks? Everyone goes into lockdown, almost like a reset. But because we've left it so late now, that which is inevitable, if it's now going to seemingly last much longer, I think they're talking about a month. Um, so it's very it's very difficult. Um, we're quite lucky, me and my wife, because we're. I think by nature quite solitary people anyway we, we enjoy our own space so even in the height of of the pandemic which you could argue we're still in but in the height of lockdown um we were quite happy and content just being home um and my wife was in the last stage of pregnancy and stuff so it was just quite an enjoyable time just to focus on yourselves um but in a, in a broader sense it's it's not good, is it? Let's let's face it. It's, yeah, it's... I can agree. I'm sure. I'm sure uh, other countries are getting a kick out of everything that goes on in the U.S. too. Does is it true that uh, everything that goes on in the U.S. every other country looks at and is just like, what are you guys doing? Like, honestly, I was thinking about this so much because, um, and I haven't really put it on my Instagram just yet because I'm kind of waiting for not a big reveal, but I'm I've seen kind of, it. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen the teasers. Yeah, I've, I've been putting out little teasers. Um, I wanted to create an illustration for this um, election. Just so, especially um, portrayal of it over here, and just just in terms of like the way it's advertised, it's, it is like an event. Um, this uh, this particular election, it's it's like blockbuster. They could it's like they could easily charge fifteen pounds for like box office night. That's kind of, that's the kind of feel it has anyway. Um, and I, I look at the parallels of how much, so much changes, you know, in the space of four years. And I, I was just looking inwardly at how I've changed because I remember I was so invested in the US election last time around. Um, and I, I was much more um, passionate. I'm still passionate, but very, you know, close to, to the subject matter, whatever it was. So we over here, we had Brexit, you know, we've had, We've had referendums, we've had um, elections, and you look in the US having the same thing, all equally divisive as well. And so naturally, you've, you've, um, I found myself really sticking to, to one side and almost watching uh, like behind your, your fingers as, as things start to unfold. But this time around, I feel so calm, and it's quite liberating because you, you kind of have to accept that People just disagree. There's nothing wrong with that, really. Um, and it, it's one of the saddest things when you're listening to stuff on the radio and stuff or on the news and literally families getting split because one side, you know, wants Trump and one wants Biden. It's like this is, yes, politics is important and people can get passionate about it, but it's, I just think it's so sad and I'm, I'm past the point now of, of getting so invested that you're going to you know argue with people you i think respectful debate is is the best way forward 
And it, it feels like we have less and less of that nowadays. So I'm quite enjoying the US election from that point of view, just because I'm almost, I feel very much like an outsider and just watching as things are unfolding. You're seeing fights on the street and protests and counter protests. You're like, this is so crazy. It's so crazy. And it, it gets heated over here, but it's not the same. It's really not the same. How are, how are things feeling over there for you guys? Um, I, I don't know. I think I think that the 2020 has, you know, with COVID and the um, and the election and like the Black Lives Matter movement mm -hmm. and all, all of the crazy uh, things that have gone down this year. I think those are the big three or at least the yeah. most important in the U.S., unless I'm forgetting something major um, that. Um, it's, it's, it's tough. I, I always try to tell myself, like, I'm passionate about politics. I am passionate about certain issues. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, each time that there's an election, I tell myself like, okay, this time, like, I'm not going to post about it on social media. Yeah. I'm not going to try to argue with people. I'm going to shut mm -hmm. my mouth. I'm going to, I've recently discovered that you can mute things on Twitter. Yeah. So I've gone through and muted like Trump, Biden, Republican, Democrat, oh, wow. vote this, that, cause I, I just, I don't, you don't see, see that. I don't want to see all the people tearing each other apart and, and it, and it's tough. Uh, but I mean, the sun, I think regardless about who you support, if your candidate wins or not, the sun will come up the next morning, like, and shine on everybody. That's exactly that. I think that's the difficult thing I sometimes struggle with is yeah, things can get heated at the end of the day there aren't two sides of this you it is one country and you're you're gonna whoever wins you almost have to just put down the placards you're gonna have to get along and it feels and um, we've had um similarities over here brexit being one of the, the biggest issues that was very divisive um and you kind of just want to get past that point whilst being passionate and having a view not letting that uh, dictate, because like you said on Twitter, it's crazy. Like you, it's just the just the scenes on there, and the thing is, no one's there to to change their mind. It feels like everyone's got the position, and it's unwavering. There's no, there is no listening, and we can all be guilty of it, uh, it when it comes to anything. You know, sure. you, you you want to feel like you know what you're doing, or you you know what you believe in. So I think it's difficult if someone's all of a sudden coming up to you with almost the opposite view um even if it's like cooking someone comes up to you and be like that's not how you fry the onions but yeah if you've been doing it for like 10 years you're gonna be you're like gonna, excuse me yeah exactly you're, you're gonna be defensive instantly because to you that's that's your reality right so it's 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 difficult and it's sad it's but yeah i find it i find it quite liberating this time around i'm able to enjoy it just because almost a sense of helplessness at the end of the day, especially when you're not in the country. I'm not even there to vote. It's crazy because when, it's funny, isn't it? The, the intrinsic intrinsic link um, between the US and the UK, we're not necessarily close neighbors, but there is so much that we, I think we do share. Yes. Um, so no election, God, globally is covered like it, like the US election. I think also because it's, it's almost blockbuster. It's gotten to that point with yeah. someone like Trump. Is it's such a huge character. Years gone by, I would I'd get stressed just listening to debates 
or um, seeing clips of rallies, it would it would like make your blood boil because you're like, this is crazy. Now I'm literally just laughing. I think it was the first presidential debate um, that the two candidates had, and I just had it on whilst I was whilst I was working, and you just can't help but laugh because you're like, this is ridiculous. This isn't even a debate anymore. It's like it's mudslinging. Yeah, it's it's just a dick measuring contest, for lack of a better word. It's yeah. it's not. You know, those the purpose of those debates are to show the people what they're getting into when they vote for one of you two. And when you're yeah. just screaming that you're a liar, your kid's corrupt, yeah. or you cheated on your <laughs> wife, or it's like, yeah, it's not even about the policy. It's about no, it's not. the other person down. Yeah. And uh, that's but, just that's just what it's all about now. They're, they're, I, I don't know. I think things go in cycles. And I'd like to think there will come a point where um, we'll reach a point where healthy debate is once again a thing and, and battle lines aren't drawn, you know, uh, so firmly. But at the moment, it's it's just been a bit crazy. It's almost like, like I was talking to my parents about it the other day and they were telling me something like, yeah, back in the day, like if, like if two neighbors came and met each other like at the fence, like, mm. uh, like at the yard line and one neighbor said, I'm voting for Trump and the other one said, I'm voting for Biden, they would go, why? And then they talk about it and they'd be like, cool, you want to have a beer? Like it's, I see, that's lovely. That's how it was, but that's now really lovely. it's more like you're voting for Biden and I'm voting for Trump. We can't be friends. We can't speak. We can't hang out. Like, uh, it's sad because I, and part of that is because um, people, one way or another, believe that if that person um, supports that um, party or man or candidate, um, it's like, uh, it's like they've completely subscribed to all these particular things that you don't agree with. Um, and whilst like you look at over here, we have um, two parties, you've got a right-wing party, a left-wing party. Just because you, you are part of one, doesn't mean you subscribe to absolutely every belief um, that comes in there. It's quite difficult because it's easy to tar one side with a particular brush as well. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's easier as well to demonize one the other side because it's like, oh, you support them? Well, then that means you're this, 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 without even really knowing them. Yeah. Um, and it's dif it's difficult to get past that point because also when you look from a, a political standpoint, it's important that they, they, I personally feel that they sow that sort of division because it makes your, if 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 a party is is campaigning and saying, this is what we're offering, but it's completely up for debate. This isn't the only completely right way to go about things. Then you're just opening yourself up for all sorts of attacks because you're going to get another party that comes up that's so strong-willed and says, this is how we do it. That party over there wants you to believe in this, 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 this. And whether it's through fear or anger, you're going to get people lumped in on one side or another. And it's it's sad because, like you said, it's... I still like to think that you know you can cross over to your to your neighbor's side and be like you can believe in something different, but we still have so many things in common that we can enjoy together. This is just one part of our lives. Yeah, it's it's. I wish it could be better, but until then, I guess we'll just have to to put just get the just get the popcorn out. That's what you can do. Just exactly. do, do your bit, vote, and then just get the popcorn out. Enjoy it because enjoy the, <laughs> enjoy the night. Exactly. So exactly. 
Pedro, I ask every guest um, on this pod uh, a, a grouping of questions at the end that I ask each one um, the same grouping of questions just to, you know, relate kind of like going back to the fact that we're all humans. We're all on the same side. We're all just doing our thing. I ask each person this kind of like first date questions just mm -hmm. to kind of get to know someone even better. Um, okay. Are you ready? I think so. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of popcorn, uh, what do you get when you go to the cinema? Okay. Large, if my wife doesn't convince me to be sensible <laughs> and get medium, I would go large, sweet, and salted mix. Oh. Yeah. Okay. They, they okay. can do that. They can, they'll mix it if you ask them to. Okay. Are, are movie snacks as outrageously expensive over there as they over here? It's definitely gone up in price. I think to get a large popcorn, I don't think our large would be as large as you can get in the US. Um, so it's probably like a bag, maybe that size. Um, it's like four pounds. So that's, that might be like five or six dollars, maybe. Wow. Um, so it's quite pricey considering what it is. But right. then you can just be like, you know, it's four pounds. It's going to last me the night. It is what it is. Yeah. Take the leftovers home. Like it's exactly <laughs> get a refill on your way out and you can take That's it. That's how home. we roll. That's what my parents always used to do. My mom yes. is obsessed with movie theater popcorn and she would, oh. she, she would refill it as soon as we're leaving. And then it's not the same her. anywhere else. Yeah. Yes. That's something I've really, that's something I've really missed is just going to the cinema. Oh dude. I, I, I have a whole other podcast dedicated to like movies and TV and music yeah. and stuff. And, and the biggest hit is the 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 thought of movies possibly ending, like the theater experience. Yeah, I mean, for us over here, not to go off on a tangent, but for us over here, our biggest um, cinema uh, company, I guess, uh, Cineworld, they've got hundreds of cinemas up and down the country, have just closed. They've just closed because they, they can't, no one's coming to the cinema, so they can't afford to pay the staff, so they're just not open now. So as it stands, we pretty much have nothing over here, which is so sad. Um, and you just hope we can get it back because it, I, I personally love going to the cinema. It's it's a it's a beautiful experience. You get to enjoy it with people that you you know that love the same thing as you, and you get to eat delicious food. So. In that same, uh, in that same realm, what is one movie that you wish you could go back in time and see for the first time in the theaters? Oh my god. That's ridiculous. It is, it is isn't it? That's ridiculous for the first time. Probably, probably the first Spider-Man film again. Yeah. Just doing that was that was just magic. So just, so to go back, ha almost having your memory erased and watch that for the first time, I think would just be beautiful. Yes. Very good answer. Very good answer. Um, when you have the time, I know you're busy making your, your pieces and you have your wife and your baby, but what's the last TV show that you sat down and watched? Mm. The last one. <laughs> well, it's, I don't know if we can count this, but it was The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah? Where they stopped. Basically, there was the last episode of the most recent series that wasn't able to be aired because the pandemic hit. So we, that was the last thing we were properly watching. And they've only just recently released that, that last episode, but since we've had a baby, so we can't really watch it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the lack of closure is, is killing us. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Um, what's uh, one person that you could have dinner with, alive or dead? 
One person to have dinner with. Jeez. You did not prepare me for this prior oh, to this. I love Damn. the I love the uh the off answer. Just just seeing people sweat as well. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, off the top of my head. It would probably and it's only because I'm reading his autobiography at the moment. It'd probably be Arsene Wenger. He used to be the Arsenal manager. Um just because I've got so many questions to ask that he's not really answered in his book. <laughs> <laughs> very good i feel like yeah. if you buy someone's autobiography or a biography about that person you'd you'd get a beer with them you'd you'd uh i think so and also especially as arsenal fans if you're a fan of any you know sports team so passionate and so many things i don't know if you know but he was our most successful manager and, and was at the club for 22 years which is crazy first half of that was amazing we won so many things second half not so much and so much of it was shrouded in, in mystery and uh, hearsay. And he's not the kind of guy that really addresses that sort of stuff. So it, the book doesn't really reveal much. So I think over, you know, over dinner, I'd like to think I could just write down, it would be basically like a little press conference, just write down, why did you do this in 2007? Why did you leave him out? <laughs> Almost like what we're doing right now. Just be like, all right, I've got 12 questions for you. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Um, if uh, if you were an animal, what would you be? Cat. We've got one, and he just lives the best life. It's ridiculous. Just eat, sleep, just find a, a sunny spot, lounge, and you got someone there that just gives you a little massage every now and again. Absolutely, it's Love it. it's a simple life. You're not worried about elections or taxes. You don't or... need to worry about those sort of stuff. Just it's a tranquil life, and uh, I sometimes think about just like escaping it all and just it's, living with the cat. Like, you see those videos of like dogs or cats, like not getting like I don't want to say hurt, but like you ever see like a dog fall down a flight of stairs and then get back up and like immediately start wagging its tail and everything's fine. You're like <laughs> that surely like, would hurt. Dogs are the most happy animals on earth. What would it be like <laughs> to be a pet, like a dog or a cat? Like oh it, my god, it's just it's, everything is great. Everything is great. They don't have to worry. <laughs> There's um, just no badness. What's the best concert you've ever been to? Oh, it's quite a few. The one that always stood out for me, I saw um, Muse in 2007 wow. um, when they were supposed to be the first band to play at the new Wembley Stadium when it was rebuilt. Um, but George Michael got in there and just be like, no, I'm playing there first. But um, there was a second gig at Wembley Stadium in 2007, and it was it was just amazing, especially somewhere I was, I must have been like 15 or something like that. And um, it not only was it incredible to, to, to see and listen to, but visually it was so spectacular. And I, th I always think stadium concerts, there's always something just so special. Whilst you might lose a bit of the intimacy when you have a tiny little gig, um, concert especially when we said for me it's it's always been special um and i used to play well I still i still play guitar but i used to be in a band um, and so seeing that at that moment in time i remember thinking to myself like this is what i want to do this is what i want to do this how amazing is this um so yeah who knows one day might still play Wembley Stadium. <laughs> hey, you never know. <laughs> you never know. You might just have a massive art show at Wembley Stadium. You might, might just do it.
<laughs> if, if so, I want to. I want a backstage pass. Not a problem. I'll, I'll sort. I'll sort you right out. Don't you worry. <laughs> um, what was your first job? Oh, first job. If we're talking official job, it was a um, a match day steward at the Leicester City Football Stadium. And um, it was when I was at, at uni, just wanted a bit of extra cash. And basically, you just turn up on match days and you kind of just tell people to sit back in their seats. You don't really, there's not too much else responsibility, but you get to watch the football, which is good. Um, good. Basically getting free ticket to the game. Kind of, yeah. But it's just a shame that at the time they were in a lower division and the football was actually quite boring. So you're just there trying not to freeze in the snow. But um, yeah, it's, it, when you're so young, you know, just learning to work with other people is invaluable. Right. This in this last one has a t it's a two parter. Mm -hmm. So part one is, do you eat McDonald's? Yes. OK, so second part is uh, and no shame also, because McDonald's is great. Um, <laughs> I don't care what anybody says, but there is no shame. If you like it, there's nothing wrong with it. Exactly. So um, I'm not sure if you heard. I'm not sure if it was a thing in the UK. Um, but recently, McDonald's did a collaboration with Travis Scott, the rapper. And right. what it was is that Travis Scott, I guess, and McDonald's signed some kind of deal. It was a $6 meal, and it was basically what Travis Scott gets when he goes to McDonald's. I don't know Amazing. why they did it. I don't. That's so random. What did he get out of this? <laughs> his, exactly. Um, he had his meal was the quarter pounder with cheese. Yeah, large fries, barbecue sauce, and a sprite. If okay. I went, if I pulled up to McDonald's and ordered mm -hmm. the Pedro meal, what okay. would it be? All right. Um, so we've got something that's only just come over here. So I'm just throwing it right in there. It is the triple cheeseburger. Triple. Yeah. So we have double cheeseburger like normal, but they've recently. I don't know if it's just a temporary thing, but they do a triple cheeseburger. So it's basically another patty in the double cheeseburger. So let's go for that. Double cheeseburger, a side of six nuggets, a strawberry milkshake, and fries. That's a very good just, meal. Just going strong. Everything is just strong. Everything is strong as hell. Just all in. There's no filler. <laughs> <laughs> I, I most recently, maybe it's a sign of me getting fat, but it's... <laughs> I've recently added, I, I always used to do the, the, the double quarter pounder and fries, mm -hmm. but I've recently started adding on these six nuggets. Oh, it's so good. It's, it the is. thing is, once you've done it once, yep. you're, you're, you'll always find that there's something missing if you mm -hmm. don't get that. You just want a little something. Even, let's face it, if, you're just giving, if you go around someone's house and they give you burger and chips, you're not going to ask for anything else. That's going right. to do you fine. But when you've got that autonomy, you know, you've got, you've got the, the menu in front of you, you're just going to go for it. Why not? Yes, exactly. I don't know if they did it over there, but most recently McDonald's kind of came out with a limited time spicy nuggets. Did you guys get that over spicy there? Spicy nuggets. We have nuggets. We've got um they're kind of like chicken strips. I forget what they're I think they're called chicken selects or something like that. Um and they're basically uh spicy breaded um chicken strips, basically. But th they are quite hot. But not spicy nuggets. I don't know, maybe maybe they do. I don't really go very often. Hmm, it's very much a treat. Well, I agree. Um, well, speaking of treats, man, this was a treat for me. This was a lot of fun. It was, uh, I learned a lot and um, I'm really, 
appreciative that you took the time to talk with me and uh yeah i'll give you this moment to plug yourself plug your your <laughs> shop plug your handle do whatever you gotta do oh. now's the time to shine thank you so much for having me on firstly it's very kind of you um first podcast experience has been brilliant um i am on instagram if you want to find me name is pedro underscore dimitriou that's d-e-m-e-t-r-i-o-u um you should be able to find me um type in my name anywhere on etsy or facebook and you'll find me as well but instagram is where it's at, at the moment um so yeah come along enjoy some you might find something that you like yourself whether it's comics or movies or politics potentially oh um. I, I can't wait to see that piece i i have a feeling that it's going to be similar uh it's going to be a uh kind of a callback to an mcu movie mm. um, yeah i don't wanna, i don't want to really i don't want to i mean it, it, this will be going out after the election i'm guessing potentially um yeah. so yeah it's going to be uh basically a bit of a mashup of um are the two political rivals and um the two rivals in civil war oh so it's it's gonna kick off let's face it i can't wait it should be good (laughs) good deal again man thank you so much for taking the time the honor was all mine and um everybody i'll put the links to his stuff down in the description of the episode so you can easily find it um and while you go and follow him along you should follow me along as well as i said at the top um at logan or, or at whatever logan wants on uh instagram is the pod you can follow me personally if you'd like uh logan lewis 96 you can see my boring life and um yeah stay safe out there guys uh, if you're in lockdown stay safe and uh pedro i'm gonna I'm gonna tune us out with the music here and uh thank you cool. so much man thank you cheers